You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We thank you for being such an awesome, awesome God. We thank you for being so kind and so good to us all. We thank you, Father Lord, for everything that you have done for us. We are so grateful to you. We say hallelujah. We say thank you. We give you all the glory and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much, Joe Deep. Can we please give him a round of applause for that amazing acoustic session? It was so good. Wasn't it good? It was so good, right? All right. Can we move forward? We're so few. Let's, let's be one big happy family. All right. So good evening, everyone. My daughter is waving at me. Is there a reason why? Okay. Oh, just to say, oh, that's so sweet. Oh, hi, darling. I thought she wanted something. Is why she was waving at me. Okay. Um, so I'm going to be speaking to us this evening about faith for abundance. Abundance. Don't we just love that word as Christians? When you hear abundance, how do you feel? You feel abundance, right? Yes, I love it. I love it. I love faith for abundance because that is exactly what Christ died for, isn't it? He died that we may live life and live it in what? Hallelujah. Okay, so I'm just going to set a little bit of context. You know, this feels really loud. Is it? Please, can you help me lower the microphone? I feel like I can hear myself like in my head. No, sir, I've used microphone before. Please. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is much. Well, yeah, so now it's too low. I felt like there was like an echo. Then again, I'm getting older. Maybe it's, maybe it's age. That's... Okay, so I'm going to set a bit of context um, before we start. Can you guys... Okay, I'm going to set a bit of context before we start. And, you know, we'll obviously go deeper into faith for abundance. Keeping in mind that I have only 30 minutes. Um, can somebody please tell me when I have 10 minutes left? Just do 10. Thank you. Demilade, yeah, just, or please, Demilade, you just let me know, because you know I like to talk. Okay, so I'm going to set a bit of context, right? And I'm going to start with um, 3 John, verse 2, in the Amplified Version. Multimedia, let's be friends today, so please put it up um, as I say it. So that scripture says, Beloved, I pray that in every way you may succeed and prosper and be in good health physically, just as I know your soul prospers spiritually. Hallelujah. Another scripture says in John 10, verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life, they is us, so that we may have life. So say that I may have life and that I may, I may have it more abundantly. So that's why Jesus Christ came, John 10, verse 10. He came that we may have life and we may have it more abundantly. So he didn't just come that we'll just have life. Is that we'll have life in abundance, right? I want to quickly read something that Paul said um, in Galatians 5, verse 1. I'll just read it very, very quickly. Um, it says, it was for this freedom that Christ set us free, completely liberating us. Hallelujah. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery, which you want removed. And this is Paul, you know, reminding the church in Galatia that Christ came for what? Freedom. Don't you guys just love that word freedom? I don't know about you guys, but I just love, I love that word freedom. Christ came for freedom. So we are not to be shackled. We're not to be limited in our mindsets and our thoughts. He came so that we may be free. All right. So 
pretty much, I mean, context-wise, right? So we all know that we can have an abundant life in God, right? Not in ourselves, not in Demilade or in Tony, but in who? In God. So we can live an abundant life in God. However, it takes, you know, quite a few very deliberate things for us to live an abundant life in God. God obviously has a clear plan for us, you know, physically, materially, health-wise, and all that good stuff. And as children of God, we need to remember and understand that no matter what it looks like in front of us, right? We're obviously heirs to Abraham's blessings. I'm sure that we all know that. Remember that song we used to sing as children? Abraham's blessings. Are Why are you acting like you don't know that song? You don't know this song? You, you, you do? I am blessed in the evening. Abraham's blessings are mine. Eh? You know, you know our ages by even the Bible story. I be children's church songs that we used to sing. Because she's my age and she felt me all the way on that song. But no, that's how we used to sing the song. And you know, it's funny because those songs actually stick in your mind. You know, as you get older, you remember those songs. Even in times when things are a bit funny, you're just like, ah, click. And then you just start, you know, telling yourself, you know what? Abraham's blessings are mine. It's actually extremely important because life is hard, right? I mean, should we pretend? Is life not hard? Okay, put life is not hard. Life can actually get really, really complicated and really hard. But we know that regardless of what we see, right, in the physical, that Abraham's blessings are ours. And that we have an abundant life in Christ because the scripture says so. So when life gets hard, we don't look at what we are seeing physically. We do what? We speak the scripture into our lives. So we need to stay in the light of God's word until every limiting mindset is broken. Now, the reason why... <clears throat> It says until is because, so you don't just read one scripture and you're like, yeah, you know, I read that one scripture and I'm good. No, you have to literally make yourself feel and believe that scripture because there will come times when that your mindset that you think is very solid. It's just going to be doing like this. So you have to stay in the word of God and you have to do it until every limiting mindset is broken. Now, there are a lot of limiting mindsets when it comes to abundance amongst Christians. Do we agree? As much as we speak about abundance and we have, now she's recording me, like I can't even deal. <laughs> as, as much as we speak about abundance and it's in the scripture, we actually have very limiting mindsets as believers. In fact, let me be honest with you. I find that Christians have more limiting abundance mindsets than unbelievers. Yeah. Do we agree with that? Yeah. You find that sometimes unbelievers are ready to kind of just go. And that's why even in business, you find that there's so many successful unbelievers and less successful believers. And that's because we are not engaging the word of God because he has said that we would have those things. So even in your workplace, and I mean, I can give you guys so many different examples of work, especially where you are going through a really hard time at work, right? As in things are not making sense. Your boss feels like the person is after you. There's all kinds of crazy things going on. Maybe there's a project. And when you begin to engage the word of God, download comes. Has that ever happened to anybody yes. here before? Can I see your hands up if it's happened to you before? You literally start to speak the word of God into your job, into your work, into your colleagues, into your boss. In a good way, why do you say you should speak anything that's negative? Don't ask anybody to fall and die. Please, I did not say that. But, you know, you speak the word of God into even your creativity. You know, you say things like, there's a scripture in the Old Testament that I love that speaks about Oholiab and, what's his name? The one that's where we're putting the act together, Bezalel and Oholiab. I love that scripture because it speaks to the fact that God is so creative and so deep that he even goes as far as giving you the skill for the specific thing that you are doing. Because he spoke about it there, you know, some, some people were for gold, some people were for different, like everybody had their thing. So even in our workplace, you know, we have to speak the word of God for creativity, for, you know, helpers of destiny. If it's 
something that you have to do that you have to raise money for, as an example, whether it's in the bank or anything else, you can even start speaking to God about that. Speak to God for help as you know, and to give you all that you need. But the point is that you have to speak the word of God, you know, so that the limiting mindset of abundance in every area of, of your life can be broken. So there's one scripture in Numbers 13. Hmm. No shade at those that do not have mindsets of abundance, but let's talk about them very quickly. So Numbers 13, 25 to 33. Um, just a bit of background about this scripture. This is when, you know, the Israelites had left Egypt. Moses had led them out. You know, they'd been in, they'd just been going through stuff, man. And they had finally come to the place where the promised land was. And so they had, ten, they had sent 10 spies to go and survey the land. Do you remember what happened when the spies came back? I love this scripture. I really do. If you don't remember, don't worry. It's going to come up. So can you please put up Numbers 13, 25 to 33? Um, I'm going to read it from, I think this is the Amplified Version, yes. So I'm going to read it very quickly, and then we'll talk about it. So it says, when they returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days, they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh and brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the land's fruits. Now, note here that they came to the congregation that was in a wilderness. So they were actually in a place of wilderness when this word came to them. So imagine when people are in a place of wilderness, like where their minds are, all they see around them is what? Wilderness. All they see is wilderness, you know. So it's actually even very difficult when you're in a place of wilderness to even see abundance. It's like, abund we have had, eh, okay, sure. You know, so they were in a place of wilderness. And then this word comes, and these 10 spies come. And this is what the 10 spies said. They reported to Moses and said, we went into the land where you sent us. And it certainly does flow with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. So they had brought the fruit. But the people who live in the land are strong. And the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw that there... We saw there the descendants of Anak, which are people of great stature and courage. The people who descended from Amalek and all that. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession of it, for we will certainly conquer it. Now, mind you, Caleb is one of the spies that went with them. So imagine people are saying, man, it was great. We saw the milk and honey, but the people that are there, they are big, they are strong, they are courageous. And then Caleb that just comes out of nowhere and says, be quiet, people. Let us go and take possession. I mean, that's a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a contradictory scenario or presentation about what they had seen, right? And they continued by saying, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people of Canaan for they are too strong for us. So they gave the Israelites a bad report about the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we went in spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. Isn't this how it feels sometimes, though, like in like your career or like your industry? You know, where you hear that, ah, eh, you, you want to go and be a lawyer, you want to go and be a this. Do you know what's happening in that industry? You know, this is actually how it sounds sometimes. You know, they tell you that the men that are there in this particular company or whatever, don't go for this interview because this job is way ahead of your stature. You know, you're not even on the level of the job. The men that are there are men of great stature and all that. But God has told you that you should go. But what you are seeing and what people are saying to you is the opposite of that. What do you do? You do like Caleb. Let's say hashtag do like Caleb. Be like Caleb, man. Be like Caleb. Who in the midst of all that was like, forget it. We're going to go and conquer the land. Anyway, I digress. Let me go back to it. So he then said, um, so after they gave that bad report and all that, they then said, there we saw the Nephilim. The sons of Anak are part of the Nephilim. 
and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. I'm a lot of scripture. Sorry, I have to speak Yoruba. Do you know why I love this scripture so much? Because it says we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so they saw us. So they saw them how they saw themselves, and that's life. Have you guys ever seen somebody that? Let's just be real. It's evening service. We are so few, so they won't cane me. Maybe they will share. You know, somebody that you in your head you, you're like, but this person, I know this person is not as smart as me. I'm not even. I'm not being a hater, but you can be an honest believer. And that person is just firing, and you're like, how so confident? What did they? What Kool Aid did you drink? You know, what juice did they give you? Like, why are you so confident? But then I'm not because this, this is it right here. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Sometimes how you see yourself is actually how people see you, how you package yourself. I know that we don't package falsely. But you don't have to package falsely, but package yourself as a child of God because that is how people are going to see you. So even in your workplace, when you go there and you know, you, you, so, you, so you know the work, but you are intimidated like they were. And so you go to the office and you're like this. Trust me, your body language alone, or even the way that you dress, it ain't going to get you far. Yeah, because seeing is believing. People actually judge you by how they see you. So it's very important that we do not see ourselves as less than God. You know, I always say this thing. I'm like, Jesus Christ did not die and shed Ribina on the cross of Calvary. Real blood, real. The blood was so real that I, I must engage it. Because it's blood, do you understand? And that blood was not shed for me to just say, oh, I can just coast in life. Or I can be below what he died for me for. He died for me for certain things. And I must not live below that standard, as difficult as it may be. So ladies and gentlemen, please read the scripture again. And remember that it is very easy for you to be as a grasshopper in your own sight. And that is exactly how others are going to see you, right? And so that's what, you know, this whole thing about a limiting mindset is, is that these guys had such a limiting mindset that they were not even ready to conquer the land. In fact, if not for Caleb, who was just like, all what you are saying, you can be saying your own, I'm saying my own. They would actually not have gone in, I'm sure. Maybe Moses would have sent some other guys to go and spy the land. I don't know. But the point is that these guys were sent for a reason. Now, imagine that, hmm, imagine that out of all those that came out of Egypt, Moses and Aaron as the leaders, you know, they... Pick 10 spies. Now, when we were picking 10 spies, do you think that they just picked 10 random guys? They would have taken their time as leaders. Like, who can we send? So they probably picked like the best of the crop, right? And the best of the crop came, and this is their reports. Ah, voila. This is a troubling situation. Okay, let me move on to the next one. The scarcity mindset. Now, the problem with the scarcity mindset is that it's actually a result of wilderness living, you know? So unfortunately, if you've always lived in lack, if you've always lived in lack, we call it poverty mentality. And in this here Africa, I want you to know that everybody that you know, whether rich, wealthy, poor, we all have poverty mentality in one way or the other because of the continents that we live in. Now, the first thing is that you have to be honest with yourself. You know me, I don't used to like, like to lie to myself. When you're honest with yourself, then you can solve your problems. Every African, the ones I know, whether they have money or not, everybody has poverty mentality. And let me tell you why. It's only in Africa that a very wealthy man will build a mansion on his road and the road to get to it is like, you have to pray. Oh, Father Lord, may my tire not burst. May my car not destroy as I'm driving to this man's house. And then you get to the house and you're like, wow, okay, this is really interesting. This is a bit of a conundrum. Or the man has a great mansion and there's no hospital within the vicinity of his home. So, sir, if you get sick, what's going to happen? Hello. Until COVID, when nobody could fly to London. And that's what happened, right? That's the reality. Or there's no schools. And his, his children are going to school abroad. Eh? And everybody else should suffer. 
That is poverty mentality. That's why I say even the wealthy in Africa, they have poverty mentality because our mentality is actually, I see, if I get one small money, automatically most of us, I have to show them, even believers, and you don't even realize it. It's very, very subtle. You have small money, you go and buy half a million naira wig because you got maybe a bonus at work of half a million naira. You use your own money to buy the wig. People are laughing. They know I'm, I'm talking to them. Or you use the money to go and buy designer bag. The designer that made the bag, our sister, or the latest iPhone, that's in six months, because Apple is, let me not say what they are, that phone is going to be the old version. Hello. You know, but that's what we do as Africans. So it's very important for us to remember that. Guys, don't deceive yourself. Unless you are really prayed to break it. All of us in this room have poverty mentality. It's just on different levels. Yes. I said it and I'll say it again. All of us, it's just on different levels. So it's very, very important that we don't let that scarcity mindset make us now get into a place where we cannot even engage abundance. So, you know, it's very difficult to engage abundance, especially when you live in countries like ours, where even if you are comfortable, when you go out, you see so much poverty. So engaging abundance mindset is actually naturally just quite difficult. Now, when you engage the abundance mindset and the God, because it's a good God, begins to give you abundance, he didn't give it to you to show off. You know, I'm so, so I have a few theories. You know, people laugh at me, but I'm going to share my theories anyway. One of my theories is that the reason why a lot of people don't have any money is because God knows that if he gave them that money, they're going to be a mess and they're going to end up in hell. Yeah, I said it. Because they cannot handle the money. So sometimes when you see people that actually don't have money, don't blame God. He's a blessing in this guy. No, it really is. It's actually, because we've seen people who got money and you're like, ah, but sir, I used to know you. This is not who you were. You know what I mean? So sometimes when we're praying to God, if I have a prayer, I will tell God, my God, don't give me and my husband more than we can handle. I don't want, eh, I don't want, because I've seen it. I've seen people get more than they can handle because you think that you can handle it until you get it. So if God gives you abundance, it's not abundance to be show. It's abundance to bless. It's abundance to be a light onto the world. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's abundance for you to work with the government to fix that road. Do you know that sometimes just the influence of a wealthy person or somebody that, you know, is big in career can solve all the problems in your city. Have you not seen sometimes they are fixing road? When, when you now find out that somebody is building one office, you're like, okay, they fixed it because of Access Bank. No shade of Access Do you get my point? But that's what happens. They go and they engage the governments. Do you get my point? Or you suddenly see hospitals being built. Some people take it upon themselves to build good hospitals. Nobody is, is helping them. They just put their money together. And they go to maybe private equity or whatever. But the point I'm trying to make here is that our abundance is not for us to be abundant with our, I said abundant, abundant with our family and our friends and not helping anybody. It's not for that. So we really have to work against this scarcity mindset because it really is why, unfortunately, our continent is still, you know, in the state that it is. Now, the next one is the victim mindset. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> the victim mindset. The victim mindset, I think, during the pandemic for me was really, really, really obvious. And I'll say why. It's amazing how many people made money last year. Do you know? Ah, people made money. I still can't believe this. You know, and why did they make money? Because while all of us were obviously very sad, I mean, really horrible things happened last year, things that nobody even wants to remember. But I'm amazed by how somebody just thought to themselves, okay, so what's needed, you know? So we're in this dark time. What do we need? What do we need? We need PPE. You had people in Lagos who have, you know, who are designers or have factories who started to make PPE. They started to make it because they were like, we have the factory, let's just buy fabric and make it. People started to make sanitizer. I have a friend, 
She makes cocktails. She started making sanitizer. Yeah. It's a cocktail for the hand. Hello, girl. Because think about it, it's bottling. You know, she bottles drinks. Why can't she not bottle? But the point here is that how many of us would actually have been able to bring ourselves out of that situation and say, what can I do? The other people that really made money are people that make food. How many of us ordered food during the lockdown? Almost everybody. Yeah. Molade, why are you pretending? Even to me, you said that she ordered food. <laughs> then you, you didn't order food, Molade. I don't believe you. I know you ordered food during the lockdown. Those guys that make food and the, the logistics companies. Have you guys seen that God is good mottos? They are blue, no? G-I-G-M. They are no longer called God. They are now called G-I-G-M. They have one big, um, um, like, factory warehouse thing on the mainland. But guess what, guys? That is an opportunity during the pandemic. Even now, we're still ordering. How many of you order other things on Instagram? Other, like, you see one nice-looking food on Instagram, and you're like, ah, I got to eat this food tomorrow. That's right, you know? But that is it, you know? They didn't see life as all about being disadvantaged in that situation. They also thought, okay, we can, we're disadvantaged, yes. But the pandemic is here and we, can, we are praying, we are praying. We cannot lock it up and send it away. What can we do? You know, how can we help other people? How can we improve lives? You guys, Zoom. Do you know the story of Zoom before the pandemic? Hey, Zoom, yo, Zoom has blown. Do you know Zoom? I don't know why I didn't buy Zoom shares before. Very slow, girl. Felicia, this is your mindset. You have to work on it. You guys, Zoom has changed everything. People are recording music on Zoom for albums. Zoom means that we don't have to be in the same place anymore. It's okay. It's okay. And so Zoom blew. And even the bigger companies than Zoom, they couldn't catch up with Zoom because Zoom was also very easy to use. We didn't have to go through Microsoft and Teams. We tell you that you should come and do this, do that, sell your toe, sell your rights. I, I like, why am I registering my own destiny? Zoom, very, very simple. And they give you free, easy 45 minutes accounts. Hello. You know, but those are all the kinds of things that when you don't have a victim mindset and, you know, I just want to remind us once again that we really have to be very intentional as Africans, not having a limiting mindset. You guys, like, it's hard. I'm telling you, even the richest person that you know in Nigeria, who is the richest person in, in Nigeria, no? Alaji Abi. I'm sure Alaji too. Dangote. You know, you know, people are big when they say who, and they just say allergy. <laughs> you didn't say the man, they just say allergy. You are all supposed to know who allergy is. <laughs> I love it. They play golf together, amen. But the point is that even him, I'm sure that if you engage him, there'll be some things that he himself is working on himself. I noticed that he started hanging around a lot with like Bill Gates and all this philanthropist worldwide because he too obviously wants to become that. And you have to hang, see, there's nobody in Africa that's doing philanthropy like those abroad. So the guy just JJ went to go and hang out with them because he knows that he wants to be able to think on that level, you know? I'm not saying that you shouldn't hang out with your people. I'm just saying sometimes when your level needs to elevate, find people that can help you elevate your level. All right, the next one is the salary mindset. Hello, salary mindset people. Are we in the house? That's the one that's where my salary, my salary is all. This money I'm earning, this work I'm doing, that's the only money I can ever get. So this money, I got to stretch it. When it's time for you to give offering in church, God is even nudging your heart. Eh? God, that 10K in my account. There's no way. <laughs> Amy, when is this? Uh, let's say it's 15th of November. We have like two weeks to pay day. That 10K and I, we're going to be like this. Some people are not finding this, this funny at all, but it's okay. <laughs> we're going to be like this. Because you think that your salary is the only money that you can ever earn in this life. Do we know that there's so much more to life than our salary? One day I'll talk about that in this church properly, but not today because I don't, I don't really have time. But that salary mindset, you, are consi you consider your source as your job. And outside of your job, there's no source. Hence, you will not 
let anything touch that money. Ah, hmm, salary mindset, people. We are plenty in this place. So myself, I'm one of them. I'm still working on myself. But we have to understand that God is our true source. And there's a scripture in John, John 6, 5 to 12. I won't read out the whole thing, but it's the place where um, Jesus was trying to feed the 5,000, right? And they had such little food. Anybody here watched, um, ah, what's the name of this TV show I love? The Chosen. Have you guys ever watched The Chosen? Please, if you've ever watched Chosen, please go and download it. You've watched it. Did you love it? It was so, like, I felt like I was inside the story, you know? So when you read these stories and you watch it, it's like, wow, this is like, like, it feels really, really real, you know? And the disciples, all of them, they were all a hot mess. You know, I love when I'm like, ah, oh, God, thank you that we're all a hot mess, but you use us anyway. I love it. But anyway, when he wanted to feed the multitude, they were looking at him like he was crazy now. How many fish do we have? How many bread? Because once again, the source was the food in the basket. They didn't think about him as their source. Mind you, they have been hanging around this guy that has been performing signs and wonders. Do you know, don't, don't, don't you wonder about all of us from that? Are we even well? You've been walking around with this guy performing signs and wonders. He tells you that he wants to feed everybody here and you don't believe. Because your mindset is salary. Eh, hey God, you mean if I give this 10K to that lady that you said I should give it to, you're going to send me 100K? Ha! It's not possible. You can't believe it. You cannot understand how it's going to multiply outside of your source. That's a problem. So we have to cultivate God's kingdom mindset for our faith to flourish. And I think that we all know that right now. Hopefully, we've come far enough in this, in this sermon that we know that. Um, because if you don't have God's mindset, there's no way. Like, it's not worldly things that are going to make you have that abundance mindset because you always think about your source as where the money is coming from. You will never think about it on God's level. So let's quickly read Genesis 22, 14 to 18. It says, And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. Until this day, it is, it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Hallelujah. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Hallelujah. So what is the action that Abraham took here, guys? Just one word. What did he do? You guys know it. It starts with O. Obedience. Obedience. That's all. He trusted God. He obeyed God. So when you're singing Abraham's blessings are mine, remember that you have to trust God and be obedient. It was obedience that got him all these blessings that we're all now begging for. God, please, let Abraham's blessings be mine. You know what I mean? It was just obedience. It was just that simple. He heard God's voice. He obeyed it. And God gave him all this, all these amazing blessings. Let's quickly read Matthew 6, 31 to 33 in the Passion Translation. It says, So then, forsake your worries. Why would you say, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For that is what the unbelievers chase after. Doesn't your heavenly father already know the things your body requires? Mm. So above all, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these less important things will be given unto you abundantly. You know, this um, scripture is, is maybe like 10 sermons on its own, you know, because this scripture is talking about, you have to just focus on God. Like, you know, that sounds so simple. Oh, focus on God. But that's really what it is. You have to seek after him with everything. 
and then he adds everything else to you. And the thing about when God starts adding things to you is that it often doesn't look like what you thought it would look like. Do we agree? How many of us have had some amazing blessings and you're like, wow, God, wow. Only, only one person in this room. Okay, a few people here. Yeah, you know, and you're just like, God, wow, like you really blew my mind. Like, how did that happen? So God is committed to our success, ladies and gentlemen, but we have to be committed to his agenda. And that's why this scripture, you know, I mean, we all know it. This is TPT, but the regular one says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and blah, 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 blah. Hmm. Now, we have to change our focus from just acquiring material possessions, like I spoke about. But the reason why that is so important is that even God knew that that would be our focus because it's in the scripture. <laughs> he knew that we would be focused on material possessions. He knew that we would desire, you know, to have nice clothes and have nice hair and carry a nice bag and all that stuff. And he's like, everybody chases after this. You guys don't do that. Focus on me. Seek me first. And all these other things will be added onto you. Hmm. Okay, so I don't really have much time left. Eh. He said I have five minutes. This is what always happens to me. I try so hard. Okay, let me. I'm so dramatic. Why did I have to put my hands on my head? You know, I can't believe myself sometimes. Anyways, okay. So, yesterday, my, one of my daughters, my older daughter had an entrance exam at a school, which I didn't want her to even write the entrance exam, but that's a different story. Common entrance exam. You all remember common entrance? But it's not called common entrance anymore because all these schools have, the, ah, all these schools have their own exam. Well, maybe common entrance for federal schools, but yes. But then for, the, for all the private schools, like they all have their own. So you can, if your parents are extra, you can write like 10 exams. Thank God for my daughter that I'm no extra. <laughs> you know, um, but I sat in the hall and it was very random. So the principal was talking and talking and talking. And, you know, he was saying stuff that made sense. Pre -pre Presenting the school to us and all that good stuff while the kids were writing the exam. And God said to me, everything is rigged in your favor as a believer. And I was like, eh, I know. That's a good one, God. Wow. Where did that come from? And you know, I started thinking about what that meant in the context of where I was sitting. Because I'd obviously been thinking about secondary school for my daughter. You know, it, it, it has become a bit of a thing. I wasn't making this a thing before because I'm very laid back. But it became a thing because really secondary school is important, right? We all remember our secondary school days. Very, very instrumental to who we are today, right? And so I think God was trying to let me understand that as a believer, everything is rigged in your favor, right? So whatever happens concerning your daughter and her entrance exams is what I want because things are already rigged in your favor. So even if things don't go the way that you think it's going to go, everything is rigged in your favor. And your favor might not necessarily be what you think your favor is. So sometimes there's a good um, analogy here that is in my notes. Sometimes you are believing God for a house, but God wants to give you a whole city, right? That's rigged in your favor because your purpose is a city and not a house. So you are focusing on how, ah, you must rise to the top of this particular place that you are working. Maybe you have a plan to become the managing director. You don't know if God wants to even take you to a global level position. I've seen people that have taken lesser roles as a promotion to get a higher role in the future because God asked them to. You have as well. You are shaking your head. You know, sometimes you are in a role that is paying you more and God tells you that you should take a lesser role because he has a plan. But you're like, eh, this scarcity mindset, salary mindset is telling you, you, you want to go and take it. You cannot. But that is it. Read in your favor as a believer. So when God tells you to do something, you have to do it because it is in your favor. But it's only in your favor if you listen to who? Exactly. Because it is not in your favor if you are planning it on your own. Because your plans sometimes are what? Ha, ha, ha. God laughs at your plans. Sometimes you are believing God for a job. You are praying to God that you want to get a job. Maybe God wants you to start a business. Maybe there's an idea that you've had in your head 
a solution to a big, big, I said big, a big problem. And God wants you to do that. But you are praying to God for a job and you are upset and you are crying every day. Or sometimes you want to go and do your master's or you want to go and do something. And God blocks it. How many times have you, looking at things down the line, seen that, ah, God, thank God. I have this especially with people updated in the past. Ah, daddy, I just want to say thank you. We still just said about it earlier. My friend is over here, but she pretended like, we just said about it earlier, that God really delivered us from some real nuisances in this life. Oh my gosh. But that is it, you know. Sometimes heartbreak might seem like heartbreak. Like your heart is broken. But in retrospect, you don't, maybe not now for some of you, but you'll be like, ah, God, you are just a nice daddy. The person that you ended up with that was not what you imagined actually is what God knows is better for your life because he knows where he's taking you to. Do you understand? So it's rigged in your favor, ladies and gentlemen. So you cannot act like unbelievers. You can't. You're not allowed to. Because if you act like an unbeliever, it's not rigged in your favor. That's the truth. It's not rigged. He didn't say to me, it's rigged, it's rigged in your favor as a believer, not as an unbeliever. So we're not being um, snobs. But that is the truth. Unless somebody gives their life to Christ, things are not rigged in their favor. God rigs things in people's favors to the extent that you see things happening that you, your mouth cannot explain it. Have you ever seen some of those blessings for some of people, people that you know that you're like, ah, ah. is it only you, as President Jonathan said, now only you, Wakakom. As in, how? But it's because it's rigged in our favor and it operates in every area of your life. Sometimes even that sickness that you thought was going to take your life, there's something that came out of that that you're like, wow, God. So you actually had a purpose in that. So you have to remember always that as a believer, every single thing is rigged in our favor. Every single thing. That's why the Bible says that when people say that there's a casting down, we should say what? So even if you are looking at it and it doesn't look like you're lifting up, you must continue to say it and believe it because you will attract that which you say and which you believe. When you do not believe the right thing, you will attract rubbish. It's not a joke. We know it. If you believe that you are like this, just like our friends in the Bible, that is how others are going to see you. So you have to remember that you are not ordinary and you are not like anybody else. You're not like everybody else, sorry. You are a believer. Everything is rigged in your favor. And you must always remember that when others are saying that there's a casting down, you will continue to say that there's a lifting up. I know people that during the pandemic, they got promotions. Like three of my friends. Bad promotions, though. As in, I don't know what, what the slang is nowadays, but in my own mind, sharp. Ah, we are like, I thought they said that there's economic crisis. This economic crisis is there. But you know what? It's not there for believers. I'm sorry. I've seen people getting promotions and getting jobs that I'm like, I thought they said there's no money in town. She said there's no money now. So how come people are getting promoted? Working in Nigerian companies, though. How come? People are getting relocated for jobs and things are happening. People are getting scholarships for school. Mind you, there's a worldwide economic crisis. It's not unique to Nigeria alone. But in the midst of that, we know people that are doing and achieving great things. When you also see people that, Great things are happening to them. Don't be a hater. Don't be a hater. Do you know what a hater is? Don't be a hater. Don't be a hater. Sorry, I just had to say hater. Tap into it. You know, that's when you say, ah, God, you know that I have desired this. As you have blessed so and so. God, hook me up, man. Do it for me. Thank you for what you did for that person. Thank God for what he has done in that person. But tap into it because God is also showing you that it is possible. Sometimes when you see people's blessings, it's not for you to be a hater. It's for you to know that, wow, it's possible. I read a story yesterday, a lady on Instagram, her story was amazing. She wrote about how, I mean, she, I mean, she's been through it in life, as if she has been through it. She was on drugs, she's been abused, she's been beaten. She's really been through it. And she's married now with three children. And she was writing how her life on paper makes no sense. 
Because who would say that her that had been through all that? And like I always, I'm like, God, no, I know people that they have not done anything like they are still looking for husband. How are you like this? No, but that's the truth. That's how life is. Do you understand? But then you do not see that kind of person and after hating on them. Ah, it's not her that she used to even just do all kinds of, I'm being careful with my language because of the little lady in the house, you know, because she will repeat it, you know. Isn't that girl that when we were in school, she used to do this? What's your own? Mind your business. Say, God, if you could do it for her. I'm a believer, surely my own download is coming and it's going to be real good. That's how you have to operate. You cannot operate like this. Also, remember that you will not receive things as you believe that you're going to get it. So if you want Todd that can handsome, I have a lot of comments about that Todd that can handsome, but let me behave myself tonight. Or if you want tall, hot, and slim, <laughs> you want a guy or a girl with plenty of money. There are many things that, things that you should ask yourself first in the physical, but let me not abuse anybody here tonight because I think that thing is very ridiculous. But God might be sending you a package of a spouse in a way that is not what you're expecting. So when God says to you, that's your spouse, even if you are annoyed, people are laughing. You know that you can be annoyed with God. But I told you, I made my request. I was specific, daddy. Why are you going to do me like this? I guarantee you, because I've been married for 12 years, I guarantee you that God's plan Makes more sense than your silly talk that can answer. Because that talk that can answer me, after a while, if the person is annoying you, you will not be so handsome. Even that height would begin to shrink. You understand what I'm trying to say? You will not see the person as, you, as your eyes desire. Because you know that our physical, ah, you guys, these are our physical eyes and what we desire versus what God wants. It can really be a mess up. You're like, but eyes, heart, why you, why you feel me like this? Why so deceptive? Oh, heart, is in the Bible. Why are you so deceptive, you know? So remember always that what you desire might not come packaged the way that you want it. Someone was say, saying to me that she lost her dad or her mom, I can't remember which one, and she was saying that, oh, all the people that she thought would, would help them and be there for them disappeared. That they got help, oh, just not from who they expected. And I said, isn't God amazing? The Bible says, what you sow is what you reap. He did not say where you sow is where you shall reap. So when you sow good, you will reap good. So even though the people that you expected, maybe you're, because you, a lot of people get really upset about that thing that my parents helped so many people. They've done this, they've done that. Blah, 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 blah. When this happened to my father and my mother, they all, they all disappeared. But guess what? Good things are happening to you. So you have to remember that God did not say where you sow is where you shall reap. In fact, you should be happy that God has removed them from your life because that means that they didn't really like you in the first place. If not, they will not have run away. You know, you will always sow what you, 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 you always reap what you sow. So it's extremely important that we remember that as believers. I don't know how I got there, but um, I'm going to get right back to the message. Yeah, because I went somewhere else, but it's all good. So ladies and gentlemen, let's remember that these limiting mindsets, we have to be very, very intentional about breaking them. Let's also remember that because of our environment sometimes, it might even be more limiting. Sometimes when you go to places that things work, it's easier for you to be creative, right? How many of you have left even just Lagos sometimes? Just even go to Abuja. Let's not even go far. You don't need international passports. When you go to Abuja, you, your brain is a bit clearer. You're like, ah, yeah. Go to Ghana. You're like, wow. Yes. things. No, no, no. But you know what? That is a perfect statement. Things can work. Do you know that there are people that believe that things cannot work? Do you know that? In Nigeria, you, you can argue till you are blue in the face. They'll tell you that things cannot work because they've never seen things work. From when they were born, they have never seen a thing work. So they don't believe it. So we are telling them, but yeah, sure, we have heard you. Mm -hmm. They don't believe it because they, they, they've not seen it. So we have to be able to even reflect as believers what is possible, even to those around us. 
actually can see that it's possible. It's possible for you to be happily married. You remember when we were well, when we were younger, when we were younger, but you some of you are still young. There's a there's a statement that they used to say. Um, um, ah, the statement was in my head, now it's left. Um, marriage is is it ah no 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 it's it's actually rhymed. It was marriage is for endurance, not for enjoyment, or something like that. Some some statement like that. When I was young, I used to wonder, eh? What a statement. Is that supposed to be appealing to me? <laughs> it's for endurance, not for enjoyment. And a lot of older women used to say it. And they used to say it almost like there's no other choice in life. Now, if you have never seen a marriage that makes sense, you will believe that statement. You will hold on to that statement. It will limit your mindset. When you're dating people, you're going to mar marry the person that you're enduring, not enjoying. Yeah, because your mindset has told you that. Maybe they've already told me anyway. That marriage is for endurance and not for enjoyment. So well, let me forget enjoyment. It is a dream. That's how things penetrate. I say perpetuate. Penetrate. <laughs> Forgive me this now, you guys. I'm just a bit tired. Penetrate our minds and really make a mindset that is so limiting that our behavior. You don't be dating stupid people. And you don't even know why. No, really. It happens a lot. Because you have heard it your whole life. And you've never seen a good marriage. So how can you not believe that marriage is for you? It's okay. They say we will endure, but God is going to help because you know when they tell you all those kind of things, they don't add God. But don't worry. And you're like, ah, is God a wicked God? Is it the same God we are serving? You know what I mean? So we have to be so careful with all these things that we've heard as children, as adults. Some of you, when you were in primary school, one teacher used to say something about you all the time. Maybe you are lazy. Now you are lazy. I really hate it. Because you are lazy sticks in people's minds until they are. Even 70. I was in a class one day with a 60-year-old woman was in this class. Something that her teacher had done to her in primary school was still holding her down at 60. That's what happens, guys. There are things that are holding your minds down now that you don't even realize. Until one day you do, and you're like, but where did that come from? You know, I remember that, ah, Ashe, 20 years ago. 20 years ago is holding you down up until. It's really, really, really scary, you know. So we have to really pray about the limiting mindset. And we have to be very, very intentional as believers as well, not to let our mindsets be limited by the enemy because it's really just the enemy trying to keep us from achieving our purpose and from being all that God has created us to be. So let's pray. Let's pray. Um, is there anybody from the band that can help me out? The, no, I didn't want to say him. I didn't mention his name. Why, why are you guys going to do that to him, man? Anybody else from the band? Oh, Demilady, I'm so sorry. It has to be you. I just want God, I look to you. Just in a low tone. Nothing too baritonish. I think that's the mic that wasn't working. So as we're praying, I wanted us to sing God, I Look to You because I really like that song. You know, it speaks about how God is where our help, help comes from. Um, it speaks about the fact that we need to see as God sees. And it's very important for us to see as God sees in every single thing that we're doing in life. But especially when it has to do with having an abundance mindset and having faith for abundance. Because if you don't see as God sees, then you're not going to have it. That's the truth because... What the world is telling you is very different from what God is telling you. God is saying, I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance. And then you look outside your window and you do not see anything but wilderness. It doesn't tally. So we really believe that God is the one that we look to. Please, over to you. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.